Welcome to the Issues of Sports. I'm your host, Evan Makovsky. And in today's episode, we are examining the lack of black head coaches in the NFL, which has been a major issue spurred by the Brian Flores lawsuit against the NFL. Let's just catch you up and you're not going to get some long monologue here, nor am I going to stat you to death. You can go on the internet and find the stats for yourself. But Brian Flores was hired last week as a defensive assistant linebackers coach by the Pittsburgh Steelers and head coach Mike Tomlin who also happens to be an African-American. Now, there are two black head coaches as the Texans hired Lovey Smith this offseason currently in the NFL. So you can figure out the math there. You have two black head coaches and 32 teams currently. So that is 6% of the franchises in the league have black head coaches while 70% of the players are black. So it does not align. So if you look back here briefly to 2003 when they established the Rooney Rule, what is the Rooney Rule? The Rooney Rule states that for every head coaching vacancy out there, at least one minority candidate has to be interviewed for the job. But as you get into the Rooney rule and some of the contention here, Brian Flores's lawsuit, which is against three teams, including the New York Giants, which he alleges this Brian Flores that the New York Giants had already hired Brian Dable as head coach when he interviewed for the job, for the opportunity, which is a violation of the Rooney Rule and certainly not in the spirit of the Rooney Rule, if it's true. Now, the New York Giants are denying it. The NFL is denying it, and they are going against Brian Flores in his lawsuit. But the thing to look at here, which he's alleging in the Giants situation, is are these interviews box checks? Are they just checking the box of interviewing a minority candidate? Or are these candidates legitimately considered for the job? We have an interesting guest today, and that is Bob Kendrick. He's the president of the Negro League Baseball Museum. It's located in Kansas City, but It represents the Negro Leagues where African-Americans played before they were allowed to play Major League Baseball. And Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier. Certainly blacks have had to deal with resistance in earlier times. Now they're not supposed to be dealing with resistance, getting head coaching jobs, and it's up for debate right now. It's kind of a murky issue. And Bob Kendrick is going to help us look into that issue. And he certainly has an interesting perspective as he told me when we spoke earlier that there are parallels to what African-Americans had to overcome breaking the color barrier in Major League Baseball. So that is next. Bob Kendrick, president of the Negro League Baseball Museum. He's going to discuss the Brian Flores lawsuit 
not in specifics, but kind of a high-level overview of what African Americans are facing and basically just the, the climate in the NFL right now and things such as the Rooney Rule. That's next. You're listening to the Issues of Sports. I'm your host, Evan Makovsky. Bob Kendrick's up next. Welcome back to the Issues of Sports. I'm your host, Evan Makovsky, and we're talking about black head coaches or lack thereof in the National Football League. Brian Flores was hired by the Pittsburgh Steelers as a defensive assistant linebackers coach by the Steelers and their head coach, Mike Tomlin, who's an African-American, one of two head coaches now that Lovey Smith was hired by the Houston Texans that are African-American. I'm pleased to be joined by Negro League Baseball Museum President Bob Kendrick, who's going to lend some insight on this issue and Brian Flores' lawsuit. Bob, first of all, thanks a lot for making the time. Evan, it's my pleasure. Thanks so much. Well, let's just start present moment. What was your reaction? Do you think it was a, obviously, it's not the job Brian Flores wants as he wanted a head coaching job, but when the Steelers and Mike Tomlin hired him as a defensive assistant linebackers coach, again, not the job he necessarily wants, but do you think it was kind of a, some sort of a sign of solidarity as he continues on his, in his lawsuit against the NFL, three teams, and unnamed individuals? Yeah, I think certainly that's possible, but also I think it's more likely that Coach Tomlin saw an excellent coach that he could add to his staff that he thinks is going to help his players be better. Brian Flores is an excellent football coach, and you can only hope that he gets another opportunity to be a head coach. But as far as Coach Tomlin's concerned, kudos to him for saying, hey, I've got a talented guy out there that can help our team be better, and he's in a position where he could go and make that move. And so I'm excited for the Steeler organization to to do that. And hopefully – this won't be the end of the road, you know, relative to a coaching, a head coaching opportunity for Coach Flores. What is your overall reaction to, and we'll get into Flores's lawsuit, but your overall reaction, well, to what's alleged in his lawsuit and to the climate, and he alleges uh, in the lawsuit that there's a plantation mentality in the NFL, and he cites examples with three teams, the latest also with the Giants. What is your feeling about the way black coaches, there a lack of opportunities, they don't get second opportunities, the Rooney Rule came through or was established in 2003? Do you think it's effective? What's your kind of general feeling on the whole situation? Well, you know, I go back and I look at it from a standpoint of a historical perspective as we see things from the Negro Leagues, which transpires similarly. Whereas when integration occurred in our sport and black and brown players started to flow into Major League Baseball, the field was effectively impacted. But the managerial and other opportunities within the hierarchy of baseball seemingly always eluded these great baseball minds that were there in the Negro Leagues. 
So you think about the fact that Jackie Robinson breaks baseball's color barrier in 1947. This year marks the 75th anniversary of that milestone occasion. Well, Buck O'Neill becomes your first black coach in Major League Baseball history 15 years later. And, and so what we saw, and it's just not in baseball, it was also very much a part of the other sports in the NFL, maybe even more so, uh, because of the high number of African-American athletes that you have playing our game, that these more than qualified African-American candidates are not getting a real shot at these jobs. But I think you said something that I think sticks even more. If they get a job, will they get a second job if they ever get fired? And I think that's where we're not seeing this. You know, Coach Flores was, by most folks, I think, believe successful in Miami, and he still gets, he still gets mm-hmm. fired. And we see – I go back to something that the late, great John Thompson said, and I saw this recently during a, an interview that he had had a number of years ago with other great coaches. It was a great panel discussion. And he said, I, I long for the day when we can just be average because – Clearly, when black folks get these jobs, they got to be great. They have to be great. They have no choice but to be great. Now, we are always aspiring to greatness, but, you know, every now and then will be nice just to be able to be average and get a job and, and then be able to get another job. And, and that's oftentimes has not been the case for minority candidates in these roles. And, and I think that harkens to part of the issue that Brian Flores is trying to bring attention to. Brian Flores is an excellent football coach from what, from my position and basically and seemingly from what others have shared about him, those who know him, those who've seen how he handles and deals with men in this arena. And so it's a shame the way this thing has kind of manifested. Hopefully his stance will be an effective one and that there will be this show of solidarity as we continue to try to address the inequities that we see in the managerial level, not in just football, but the other sports as well. So none of the owners in the NFL are black, and that's mentioned in Flores' lawsuit. So the Rooney Rule was established in 2003, and you talked about real chances, real interviews. Let's just actually stay on that. It seems like what that basically established is that for any head coaching vacancy, a minority candidate would have to be interviewed for the position. But Flores' lawsuit kind of alleges that teams treat it more as that it doesn't work, that it's kind of a box check. That they just kind of, it's not a real interview. They're just checking that box and they're not seriously considering whoever for the position. So what's your your takeaway? So the Rooney Rule has been around now for 19 years and it's dwindled down. You know, at one point, Tomlin was the only head coach this past offseason. But does the Rooney Rule work? Do you want to see it abolished? Like what has to happen here? Or is it an insult? even if these aren't even real interviews and they're box checks. Well, and and I think that's the thing because you become very fearful and maybe skeptical on just how sincere and real these interview opportunities are. Again, Coach Flores and what we kind of understand from his case was going to interview for a job where the team had already 
basically already hired someone. Yes. And yet they were going to still bring, yeah, they were going to still bring him in for an interview because it checks the box. You know, those, that goes against the spirit of what the rule was put in place for. But I think it's a clear indication of how those will kind of usurp the rules, so to speak. And, And that's disappointing. It's disheartening. But it's going to always be challenging to get these organizations to truly just look at individuals for their talent because they gravitate to the people that you're comfortable with. And uh, until I think we can effectively change the way ownership looks in our sport, this is always going to be kind of an issue that we hope that those who are in those roles will become open, more open-minded and truly just not look at checking a box, but saying, okay, here are guys who are qualified and I am going to give them an opportunity to compete for these jobs. I don't think Coach Flores would be one of the first to tell you. He don't want anybody to give him anything, but I'm sure he also would tell you, I don't want someone to deny me just because I may look a certain way. And I think that's what we're trying to hopefully move beyond. We've got a lot of work to do before we get there. But, you know, you're hopeful that issues like this, conversations in and around these topics, which certainly have been going on for quite some time, can eventually have some meaningful impact. But, man, we still got a lot of work to do. What to do is the question is what, you know, do you uh, eliminate the Rooney rule if it's not working? It's hard. Yes, he can sue the league. And, and, and it, even if his allegations t- is that what you can prove sometimes is it, it could be all be true, but he may not win his lawsuit and it may not be he may not be able to prove it or whatever. And is winning that lawsuit? Maybe maybe it is. Maybe, I don't know. How do you get change? Get get it where because 70 percent of the players are African-American. At some point, the coaches, at least the head coaches, should, it would be a step if it was 30% of that or whatever. But at some point, and the coaches need to reflect the dynamics of the players. I think so. Well, I think in a perfect world, that's exactly what we would see. We would see a league that was more equitable and not only its own field management, but its executive management as well. And so we know that we have areas within the hierarchy of our sports industry that certainly we hope will change uh, so that more minority opportunities are getting uh, a fair opportunity to compete and succeed in these jobs. And uh, we understand, and, and I know that it is becoming almost a bit passe because everybody's talking about diversity and equity and inclusion, But these things are real, and they do work in the workplace when they are absolutely implemented properly and folks at the table with diverse thoughts, ideas, mindsets that allow our, whether it's our our football or basketball or sports franchises, corporations, it helps them flourish. And you can reduce it to something as simple as going back to looking at what happened when Major League Baseball opened its doors and allowed that diversity of talent to come into its game, its game got better. And I think the same thing would have happened if you opened it up for those to be part of a hierarchy as well. But whether or not the Rooney Rule is ever going to be truly effective, because I think the spirit of the Rooney Rule was well-intended. I just think the practical application of it 
will likely never work because the problem is not necessarily with the NFL. The problem lies with all the owners who have to now decide how they want to or if they want to implement this rule and do it in a manner that is true to the spirit of what the rule had actually intended it to be. And there's not a whole lot that I think, from my purview, that the league itself can do because they cannot control the ownership groups that ultimately make these hiring decisions. Do you think, Bob, that it hurts, though? I don't want to say, but it hurts the candidates like Eric Bieniemy. There's There's many, many assistant coaches out there that could be head coaches, Brian Flores, but do you think that the Rooney rule hurts a candidate's feelings because they have to go to an interview and they have to sit there? And I feel like a little bit of his lawsuit implies that, I'm not, that, that they have to go to an interview where they don't know if they're being interviewed on the merits of their accomplishments as a coach or if they're being brought in because they're a minority and they have to fulfill the Rooney rule. Yeah, and, and, and I think that's always going to be how we now look at this with a very skeptical eye. Because what we're seeing is that we're not seeing enough minority candidates actually win these opportunities. So that naturally lends itself to this notion that perhaps this rule is just there as a act of tokenism. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not really what the spirit of the rule was all about, not its intent, but it certainly seems that that is its practical application at this point because we're just not seeing enough minority candidates come out of these. And I've got to think that out of this pool of great minority candidates, somebody was good enough to get one of these jobs. And we just haven't seen that. What do you think the actual outcome of Brian Flores' lawsuit, I mean, if he wins, I would think it's a a great victory. But if, like a lot of legal prognosticators, but I, I don't know, I don't know it's true, what's not, what's provable, what's not, but think that it, it, it's a hard case to win. I guess, do you, do you feel like the outcome of, of the suit, which again, he could lose the lawsuit, but that doesn't mean what, what he alleges didn't happen either, really matters like as far as, as I, you know, making a difference here? Well, I, I, I certainly hope that it will, because what he has done is certainly called a great deal of attention to an issue that certainly needed to be addressed and readdressed in this case, uh, not sure what winning may look like. And only Coach Flores can really determine, you know, what he wants to see from an outcome of this uh, in terms of the lawsuit itself. And I don't know enough about the lawsuit in its full detail to, to really speak upon the lawsuit itself. But the stance that he has taken is one that is of great significance. I think it is a potential watershed moment in sports, very similar in, its, in respect to what we saw when Kurt Flood took his bold stance to take on Major League Baseball and uh, its reserve clause and dealing with whether or not he was going to be traded. And ultimately, Kurt Flood was banished from our sport, and it opened up opportunities for others for free agency. 
I don't think that that will be the case in terms of the fate for Coach Flores. As we can already see, he has a job. Kurt Flood never got another job. Uh, but Coach Flores certainly has gotten another job thanks to Coach Tomlin opening, opening up the opportunity for him to bring his knowledge base to the Steeler organization. And so the question is, what, what is a victory in this situation? Will Brian Flores get another opportunity to be a head coach? Remains to be seen. Will this now make people more cognizant of how they are putting together these interview practices and making it true in terms of spirit of fair play for these opportunities? Will minority candidates really truly be given great credence in these endeavors? Man, that all remains to be seen. So it's going to be hard to measure what victory is, what is a win in this situation. Is there a percentage of minority coaches that we need to see to say, okay, effectively this has had an impact? You know, I don't know. And so, it, but it's going to be interesting to see. But I do think it is potentially a watershed moment, you know, as Coach Flores has made this tremendously bold stance to take on the league around an issue that certainly needed to be talked about and needed to have some realm of insight toward what we ultimately would like to see happen here. And, you know, I don't know if we'll get there or not. But I know it's a bold stance, and I commend him for being willing to step out and put himself out in that manner so that hopefully others will benefit. Unlike Colin Kaepernick, I, I feel that he's Tomlin. I do take go circling back, and this is just an opinion, circling back to the first question that I feel like there's a little more clearly Brian Flores is qualified to be a defensive assistant, to be a linebackers coach. Yes, there's no question he's overqualified for that position. But I do feel like Tomlin wanted to sw get his back a little bit because he, there could be, you know, he's suing three teams. He's alleging that Stephen Ross, the Dolphins owner, offered him, uh, you know, and th this part isn't necessarily about race, but offered him $100,000 to lose games intentionally to uh, increase draft status so he could be you mentioned Kurt Flood but he could be in a situation where he could be blackballed when you sue a league like that no I think that always opens that fear that that could happen you know this is a small group of yeah. that have this kind of power who own these NFL teams and it's clear that they communicate within their circle. So, you know, that certainly stands at risk that Coach Flores may never get another head coaching job, which would be an absolute travesty if that does occur. But when you, and I've said this on many occasions, I said it regarding to Colin, I said it regarding to Kurt Flood, I said it regarding to Muhammad Ali when he took his stance against Vietnam. When you walk in your conviction, and you typically walk alone. Now, that's one of the reasons why, again, I applaud Coach Tomlin for saying, hey, I'm going to bring this very qualified, more than qualified man onto my staff. And hopefully having done so that it'll, you know, again, keep him involved in the game and that someone will have the foresight to say Coach Flores deserves another opportunity to be a head coach and we're going to create that opportunity for him. 
And, uh, you know, now, again, all of that remains to be seen. It's, it's, it's just simply conjecture on my part. But that's more of me of what I hope will happen out of this situation as opposed to what I really think will happen out of this situation. So the NFL has hired former Attorney General Loretta Lynch to defend the league in the lawsuit. I don't know uh, that much about Loretta Lynch, but they're clearly going to defend themselves here against these allegations, three teams. Do you think the the NFL comes off as racist, I, I, I guess, as, as they go up against Flores no, here? No, no, you think that? I, I don't think, I, I think the NFL is doing what we all would have expected the NFL to do is try to protect what they believe is the integrity of their, their league and their organization. So I would have been surprised if they had done anything other than put up a stance to fight against this. Uh, so, no, I'm not surprised that they, they would do that, and I don't think that that means that they're racist because they are doing it. I think they're doing what I think any organization would do if they were faced with this same set of circumstances and situations. You want to defend yourself. And so as this thing takes hold, and like I said, I don't know all the intricacies of the lawsuit and everything that it entails and what will transpire over time, you know, hopefully we'll get to a truth. And, and, and then from there, we just kind of move and see what direction this ultimately takes us. But no, I'm not surprised that the NFL would represent itself. As a matter of fact, I've been surprised if it didn't represent itself. So it's only doing what I think any other business would do, and that is try to protect the integrity of their organization. Well, you have the whole situation just wrapping up here. I mean, yes, guys like Tony Dungy get fired after winning seasons. Brian Flores fired after a winning season. Lovey Smith who was out of the NFL for a while. He coached in a Super Bowl against Tony Dungy, they don't, you know, I, I don't believe that Marvin Lewis since the Bengals, Jim Caldwell, I believe, got fired from Detroit after a winning season. And I, I, is there, you know, I guess systemic racism, what fixes this? Obviously, yes, getting more black head coaches, I think, is indicative of moving in the right direction, although there has been, they've had it up there more than they do now. But... I guess, how do, you, how do you get to point point A to point B? Does there need to be some sort of education program of, uh, given to, to like front office staff? I, 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 I'm just spitballing, Bob, but I just guess, you yeah, know, no, and, 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 and drawing and, and, on, on the Negro Leagues, I guess, and what was really successful for the Negro Leagues and breaking the color barrier as you, you know, you're, you're a historian. What is the, the way that, is it education? Is it what uh, you think people are, would be past this in 2022, but they're not? Well, you would hope, and it just goes to show how much work we still have to do to lay a stronger foundation of opportunity that is equitable for everyone. And the fact that you had to institute a Rooney rule to begin with gives you an indication of what we've been dealing with as it relates to sports. And, uh, and again, I don't, I honestly, I don't have an answer here because the answer lies within those who own these organizations. If it is in their hearts and mindsets to open up the opportunity so that it is fair and equitable, then it will. Now, that's me speaking from this, from this chair. They may say we've already opened it up and we made it as fair, as equitable as we possibly could. I think most of us would be skeptical of that. 
but that certainly could be their fundamental belief. And it's not for me to say whether they did or have not. I haven't been in those seats, you know, as these candidates have been brought in. I just see the results of what have happened with a lot of vacancies in this in this sport and really one minority candidate walking out getting a job. And I'm, I'm thrilled for Coach Smith to be able to return to a head coaching position, and I wish him nothing but success uh, along the way. Um, but, you know, that's not a good percentage uh, from where we sit. Uh, and we hope that we'll see some, some changes, some, some real opportunities to implement a meaningful kind of change that will hopefully see these numbers altered somewhere along the line. But, man, I, I, I wish I had an answer. I just don't. Bob, tell everyone about the Negro League Baseball Museum in Kansas City and why they should visit. Oh, it is an extremely special place dedicated to a group of courageous athletes who, as I like to say, forced a glorious history in the midst of an inglorious time in American history. Their spirit, their will, their drive, their determination, their courage, their passion to play this game not only changed the way our game was played, but it also changed our country for the better. And that story comes to life through the work that we do here at the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. And we're super excited about this year with the late great Buck O'Neill being inducted into the National Baseball Hall of Fame. This year, as I mentioned earlier, commemorating the 75th anniversary of Jackie Robinson's breaking of the color barrier and how Jackie's breaking of the color barrier also jettisoned the civil rights movement and the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum will join Major League Baseball and the Players Association in leading a year-long celebration of that milestone anniversary. Uh, So a lot of great things are happening here at the museum, but we're just thrilled to be able to bring this story that had sadly having escaped the pages of American history books. So this is really an awakening for the more majority of the people who come to see us. Most of them, maybe now through the work that we've done over the last three decades, understand that a Negro Leagues existed. They have no idea that it existed to the full magnitude and scope in which it did exist. And because the history books does not reflect it. And so we're here to tell you that it did. And it happened in all of its glory. And so we're proud to be able to to keep the legacy of the Negro Leagues alive. Bob, thanks for your insight. Thanks for your expertise as president of the Negro League Baseball Museum in Kansas City. It's an interesting time for sure involving the climate of black head coaches in the NFL. Thanks so much. Evan, anytime, man. Thanks for having me. And we'll take a break. You're listening to the Issues of Sports. Welcome back to the Issues of Sports. Well, I think we've covered it, and I don't really believe that the Rooney Rule is effective as it's been in place for 19 years, as it's 2022. It was established in 2003, and we're having these issues 19 years in. So the Rooney Rule may have to go. It may not have to go, but I don't think it's working as it was intended, as we just covered. That's going to wrap things up for the issues of sports. I want to thank Bob Kendrick. He's the president of the Negro League Baseball Museum. You should go visit it in Kansas City. 
I'm Evan Makovsky. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Issues of Sports.